0: hi everybody and welcome back uh this is episode eight of the fantasy alarm hockey podcast uh i am andrew Dewhurst. i am joined as always by chris murray how are you doing tonight chris i'm doing well man how are you oh not too bad i mean we got a tyson berry goal right Can't what 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 more can you ask for from the world
1: he finally he finally showed up it's nice of him it's only been uh I don't know what, almost 10 games in the year. I think I've played him nine times in those 10 games. So <laughs> nice of him to show up.
0: Well, I mean, I guess the real question is, did he show up or did he just need to play Ottawa?
1: Oh, good news. He's going to play Ottawa a lot this season. So.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it appears to have been the, the magic elixir for, for Vancouver, at least. I mean, they look terrible. Get eaten alive by by the Canadians. You get three games with Ottawa, and suddenly the world the world's good again. You've won four straight. It's, so, it, I
1: mean, uh, Ottawa.
0: Yeah. Anyways, uh, let's get into what happened last week. Uh, so. Connor McDavid did Connor McDavid things 10 points in four games. Uh, I feel like we've been waiting for this, this, this stretch to occur. Uh, he'd been, I mean, outside of, I think the second game of the season, relatively quiet, but, uh, a lot of that came, came to an end this week. Um, he also gets the joy of, I believe two or three straight against Ottawa. So, uh, he will be mega chalk for the next three days. I expect, um, I don't think there's any real surprises there, uh, unless you have something else to add to to McDavid doing McDavid things.
1: He, it's it's amazing how good he is and how terrible the Edmonton Oilers still remain. Like, <laughs> I know there's an argument for a lot of people. So when you let's say you're picking the, you know. The hard trophy for the player most valuable to his team. You'll always have that conversation with someone who says, OK, well, if your team misses the playoffs, then how is this player the most valuable player to your team? Right. Because regardless of him being there or not, you're still terrible. In Edmonton's case, like without though, like I'll throw Leon Dreisettle into that conversation. OK, because heading into tonight, they lead the league one, two in points. OK, so. They have 32 points combined, right? And then don't even look for the third player because you probably won't find him because that's how bad the Edmonton Oilers are statistically, right? Like Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who I think is a pretty good player, right? He's eight points behind Leon Dreisidel for second. So it's McDavid, Dreisaitl, whoever else you want. And... Leon Dreisaitl has been, his plus minus has been good if you care about that stat, right? But on a team that just gets nuked, and I mean new, like Tyson Barry's a minus eight, Kyle Turris is a minus nine, okay? So this team gets, like, their bottom six is not good, and they don't defend very well either. So at this point for Connor McDavid, right, he's just, to me, he's matchup proof. I I put him in the fantasy alarm playbook, right, and I don't even explain why anymore. I just like do you need an explanation like because at this point uh, whatever his price tag is it doesn't matter I just I try to fit him in there because I know the rest of the Oilers team is just not like they're invisible that they don't exist they don't do anything they they just they shatter my hearts and dreams so (laughs) I I just play McDavid and I just a bank on like two three points every night.
0: Yeah, I mean, he makes or breaks DFS slates, really. Like, you either took. McDavid, he is the
1: he is the course field. Him and, alone of NHL DFS.
0: Yeah, because I mean, either you took him, and he went off. Uh, you got, th- you know, if you're playing on DraftKings, you got he's, he gets three points. He gives you the the bonus. He might shoot seven times, and you're like, wow, I got like, thirty five points from McDavid tonight. Or you don't and he goes off and you're left going, well, because I didn't make any money tonight because otherwise, you know, he's because he's so chalky and deservedly. So uh, that it's just kind of the way it is, is that like you, you almost have to enter two lineups every night, one with McDavid, one without just to hedge your bets.
1: Which so, is annoying.
0: A hundred percent. Um but, I mean, it really just kind of is what it is at this point. So, um, I mean, moving forward, moving on, uh, I mean, the Washington Capitals survived four games without their, arguably, four of their best six or eight players. Uh, and Nick Backstrom came back to life. Eight points in four games. I did not expect that. Um, I kind of... Expected Washington to play like try to play like three two games for the entirety, but uh, they they survived, uh, and they lead the that East Division. Uh, brought to you by some random financial company. Uh, my apologies, isn't Mass it, Mutual.
1: I was gonna say, isn't it the one that was like <laughs> we both had to look up to be yeah. like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the one. Um, but I mean, it, I don't think anyone would have predicted that. That you would have said like th- through or what three, four weeks into the season now. Uh, I think three weeks into the season now that uh, Washington would lose Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Orlov, Samsonov. Uh, I mean, I guess technically you can throw Lundquist into that and you would get three weeks into the season and they'd lead that that division that has no real weak teams in it.
1: they they haven't lost in regulation. Yeah, just just throwing that out there like and even before the season started, like I didn't give them I didn't give them much of a chance. There's only one other team that has not lost in regulation. Shout out to the Florida Panthers, but I did not I did not expect them to be this good, right? Maybe the problem was just Braden Hulpe. I don't know. That could be a thought, but Especially with Ovechkin going down, like I was, I, I thought this team was going to struggle and struggle mightily, right? And then Nick Backstrom just says, okay, well, I guess Nick Backstrom is the Evgeny Malkin of this team, right? So when your best player yeah. goes out, he just says, okay, well, I guess I'll just do what I got to do here and carry the team. Because like you said, he had eight points. He's got 13 on the season now in nine games, five of those points being goals like Ovechkin like no backstrom does stuff but scoring goals is like it, it's not the thing that he's known, known for, for. i guess right yeah. he sets up ovechkin he'll have whatever maybe almost 20 goals right in an 82 game season and pop yeah. in 55 assists because he's just feeding ovechkin's you know passes in his office he's just clapping bombs top you know top shelf yeah. um which is when you lose that guy then you expect it to hurt him, and he showed no signs of slowing down. Uh, Tom Wilson came back in the lineup. Tom Wilson looks good, and I think that's because of Nick Backstrom, right? So Backstrom is just feeding the puck to whoever can put it in the net, and so far Washington has done enough to to win by committee, I guess if you want to say it. Yeah. And I guess we we need to remember to give a shout out to I mean Vanasek. He. He came out and played. He's played really, really well. To the point where. I mean. I don't think it changes much for Ilya Samsonov. Right? I don't want to say it does. But. Again. Small sample size. Right? But. I mean. Vanasek's 5-0-2 here. He's got a nine eighteen save percentage. And a 278 goals against average. Which is very, very good. Right? They're rolling yeah. two very young, inexperienced goalies. And I think if a lot of fantasy owners were hoping for this Samson off to kind of go off. And he was going really early in drafts, regardless of, you know, Henrik Lundqvist being there or not. And then when Lundqvist went down, I saw him shoot up the draft boards, you know, going as sometimes the, the fifth goalie off the board, which is just not on this planet. Silly. Yeah. yeah. So I think the play of Vanasek obviously maybe tempers that excitement but it's going to be interesting to see how Washington wants to move forward if you do actually have, I mean, a good problem to have, kind of like Boston has in two very good starting ovaries.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think what this does is it probably pushes Samsonov and Vanjic closer to like a 60-40 split, I would guess. Right. Um, Because you now no longer have any reason not to think that you shouldn't have confidence in him, right? Like he navigated that team through... Easily, or what should be the toughest time of the year, um,
1: against some really good teams yeah. too.
0: Yeah, against against uh, what was it, Buffalo and Philly, I think. Yeah. So um, we'll see what happens. I mean, Samsonov's not even back yet. Uh, we had no. I mean, we saw Ovechkin and Orlov come back last night. Uh, we don't have any word. I don't. Not that I've seen at least on, on when we can expect Samsonov and Kuznetsov back. Um, so we'll see what, uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, uh, you mentioned the first place Florida Panthers. Uh, this is a surprise. I mean, things to keep in mind about the first place Florida Panthers, um, games. I mean, that that's helping them. I think we're looking at, uh, it's probably percentage points. Uh, they, they, I mean, they've had a rough a rough schedule. They have had no nothing to do with COVID, but they've lost, I think, four games because of Dallas and Carolina. Um, just pulling the the actual standings here. I mean, they're not winning this division, right? That that's not something anyone, even the ten to twelve Florida Panthers fans out there, the need to like have concerns about. Um, but I mean that. That uh, that central division is gonna be interesting, right? Like you've got four teams that have played six games, or sorry, four team, yeah, four teams that have played six games: Florida, Carolina, Dallas, and Tampa. Those are probably the four best teams in that division. Um, but I think part of me believes in the Panthers a little bit. I mean, goaltending is gonna be a little shaky. Uh, but they got a lot grittier in the offseason, and I think that's going to help them win games when it matters. I mean, they're obviously going to lose in regulation. That, that's coming. Uh, I mean, I guess, to be fair, <laughs> Carolina, Dallas, and Tampa have only lost once in regulation. Uh, so it's going, to, it's going to happen. But uh, they're, a, they're a positive goal differential. Um, yeah, and I don't have a lot. Of bad things to say about Florida, which is, seems odd. And I I mean, the only thing I can really say here is I thought when they split Barkov and Huberto that that was going to be a mistake. Mm. Um, but it doesn't look that way so far. I mean,
1: it's worked out so far.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's affected Huberto more than it's affected Barkov, who's, by the way, looked fantastic. He's making Carter for Hage look fantastic, who was a fourth liner with Tampa last year. Um so I mean we'll see how it plays out. I mean I had at some point last year changed my thinking from Barkov runs this line to Huberto runs this line. Um but yeah, we'll we'll see how that that ultimately plays itself out.
1: I'll say this about them. I think especially for the barkoff and Huberto matchup, right? So I'm a Barkov, uh, no, sorry, I'm, I'm a Huberto owner in a couple of leagues. If you're not an owner right now, like he's still, he's he's performing well, right? It's just it's not at the same level that we're used to, right? We've kind of gotten very comfortable with his production, right? He's he, he's only got one goal. He's got six, he, he has seven points in six games, which is not <laughs> yeah. terrible, right? But, you know, Patrick Hornquist is seven points as well. Carter Verhage is seven points as well. They both got five goals, so Um, you know, Anthony Duclair has six points, all of them being assists in six games. So I think there's, I think what's happening for Florida is they're starting to find that balance in the top six and that might scare some owners away. So if you can pry Hubert away from an owner, who's kind of worried about goals, um, you should be, I mean, you should be texting or sliding into their DMS as much as a 15 year old boy is like, you need to be right in there trying to see what do they want for you to get your hands on jonathan huberto i will say that here's where i think the panthers are going to balance out at one point right they're going to start playing more games in a tight schedule right it's going to start to wear yeah. down on some bodies um so that might be a problem for them as well i think at some point barkoff and will get back together uh because they're going to struggle right and i think their division is good enough that it's normal for them to experience that kind of you know adversity um the same thing, once Sergei Bobrovsky starts playing more and allowing more goals, they're going to start losing more games and, you know, the world will be back to some normalcy at that point, right? Um, for Bobrovsky, the problem is not – I mean, the problem is goals against Irish, but he's not stopping enough pucks, right? And for Florida, they've, they did play Detroit twice, and Detroit hung around, so credit to them. I mean, Chris Dreger is on a whole other level, right? He's he's much better in his again small sample size sure, but he's two zero and one right and he's got a one ninety five goals against average and a nine thirty seven save percentage. Whereas Sergei Bobrovsky is three and zero, and he's got a two eighty seven goals against average and an eight ninety four save percentage. So I'm not worried about goals against average because I think that's just a number, right? How many goals you're giving up is less relevant as to how many shots are you facing, right? If you're giving up a lot of goals but you're facing a lot of shots, well. You know, that's a team problem. But if you're facing shots as a goalie and you can't stop the puck, while well, you know, are those high danger scoring shots? Like, where is it coming from? And in, in Bobrovsky's case, he's just not stopping pucks. So he's starting to enter that Freddie Anderson territory, right? So the stats look right. The, the, the wins look good. But the stats don't say that same thing, right? They're going the other way. He's he soon he's going to join the Martin Jones conversation, right? Great <laughs> wins, the low losses, but terrible supporting numbers, and fantasy owners are going to start to say, no, 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 he's he's good. I'm telling you, he's good, and you're going to say, no, no, he's not. He's just on a team that's winning games, and that's a big difference.
0: Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how what, what I mean all this plays out. I mean, I like to go to. Goal saved above average. Uh, but Brophsy's a, a minus 0.96. So he's like a whole goal less below he's average.
1: He's like, he's a problem.
0: But Drager is like almost two goals above average. So, I mean, ultimately, you can see probably over time, triggers just going to end up probably taking this job. Uh, it'll be probably, I mean, this is like. Where Florida is going to struggle with this, right, is, like, you got to play Bobrovsky. And, to, I think, mean, to Bobrovsky's Okay, to but
1: it. do you really have to play him? Like, You're let's, him 10 like, let's think of that conversation. Okay, well, but I contract mean, I wanna, aside. I, I want to
0: take us back. Let's hop in the DeLorean for a minute. Let's go back in time. Uh, I believe Bobrovsky goes through bad periods. I think he's got a career of, like, I go through really slumpy periods and then I play like one or two months of good hockey. So, I mean, I, I don't want to close the book quite yet on, on Bobrovsky after three games.
1: Like I am though. Right. I, I, sure. That's like, well, I, 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 I understand the money is tied to him. remember when Roberto Luongo said his contract sucks. Well, I mean, bad goaltending contracts, you know in Florida seem to be a, a thing at some point, right? I understand how long I was with Vancouver when he said it, but like there's the the contract is terrible. I, I give him that, but I mean, at some point, at some point, you got to want to win games. So are are you there to win games, or are you there to pay the goalie that you maybe gave too much money to to start with, right? And sure, you can. The only reason you would continue to play Bobrovsky is in the hopes that he, he finds that hot streak, so you can try to trade him somewhere else. But like nobody's buying that contract, nobody's well, then, buying it, nobody's buying the numbers that come with it.
0: And they're not in a position to trade him, anyways, right? Like that the contract's untradable. The Panthers should be competitive, which means you can't just trade him. Like, that wouldn't make a lot of sense, even if he, like, I guess what I'm trying to say here is, like, through three games, um, it, if he comes out and plays three games and plays well and posts, like, 9.50 save percentages, you're going to look at this in a week and go, oh, yeah, Bob Ross, he's fine. He's, he's, you know, he's at, like, 9.13. There, there aren't any problems here. Let's
1: check back in a week and see, the, and see if that <laughs> happens, okay?
0: Right, and, you know, Theoretically, we will. By the way, I'm not probably putting that in the show notes for next week, but um, I we'll like check things. back.
1: We'll we'll leave a section and say, did Bobrovsky <laughs> play better this week? And we could just go ahead and fill in no, <laughs> and and we'll get that over
0: with. Um, I guess the other thing to be fully transparent about this is, uh, and I I did have thoughts about this over the last week or so, is like. I mean, did Bobrovsky play better this week? We won't. I mean, there's two games. That's all they play this week. Um, probably, and then they get.
1: And he's probably going to split those games.
0: Yeah, they're back to backs. Thursday, Friday. They're definitely not playing them
1: back. Like, just for just for context here, okay? Here's why I don't think he's going to do well. Okay, he has three wins this season. Fine. One yeah. came against Chicago. The other came against Columbus. The other came against Detroit. Okay, so he's. Let, with the exception of Columbus, right? Detroit and Chicago are terrible hockey teams. They're they're dirt bad, right? And Columbus's offense is lacking, right? Because they had yeah. to play like Columbus still had Pierre-Luc Dubois in the lineup at that time, and we saw his effort level. So this like this team was not good, right? And with the exception of against Chicago, right? Who put up 36 shots. That game, he faced 22 against Columbus, gave up three, and he faced only 27 against Detroit, gave up two. It's respectable. Fine. But again, this is the Detroit Red Wings. So, like, again, he's got poor numbers against offenses that are just not good. So what's going to happen when he starts to play teams that do score goals like the Tampa Bay Lightning? Like, example, the Dallas Stars, once they start to get healthy, I'll throw the Hurricanes into there because I think their offense is good. And who knows what Predators team shows up when they get there, right? So I, these numbers are poor, and he has, and, and he's yet to face any decent hockey team. So, yeah, like,
0: no no doubt. Where uh, do we however, go from here?
1: And a I guess good the expectation channel. here for, for Dreger is that Okay, he's faced the same thing, but like that's he has good numbers. So you say, okay, well that's like that's what I expect, right? I'm not saying that, you know, if you have a spot on your fantasy hockey team for for Drager, you should probably have him on it because he hasn't hurt you, and if anything, you don't want another owner to own him, right? So you pick yeah. him up just to, you know, put the kind of the stick in somebody else's wheel here. But again, he was very good against Chicago. It's he was good against Columbus and he was good against to try everything i wanted my goalie be good yeah I give up goals. well
0: we'll um, we'll find it we'll know a little bit more not this week but probably the week after we'll see what the usage looks like when you have i mean two like they play every other night the week of the seventh where they play the seventh ninth eleventh thirteenth uh
1: so maybe we'll use that week as a reference instead
0: let's wait till the end of the month because I, what I see here, well, we wait till the week after that. We don't have to get to the end of the month when it's Tampa, Carolina. And then.
1: I was going to say, now you're hedging your bet here.
0: Yeah, I'm not hedging my bets. I want to see like real competition. Like I want to not see consistent games against Detroit where we're going to lose. Uh, where it's going to be really hard to understand. Like, was this, you know, were you, did you actually play well or not? Because I'm not watching games where Detroit's playing. That's just a thing I'm doing now
1: um and then back the, to back nights and it's exhausting.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then the week after where it's three against Dallas and then Carolina where that's going to be like you're going we're going to know what the Panthers are probably by the end of by the end of February once they've actually seen some real competition. So that's, that should be fun. Uh I mean so um uh, moving on from the Florida Panthers uh Thatcher Demko led all goalies in save percentage last week. Is he figuring this out? Is he going to take the job from, from Holpe? What do you think's happening with Demko? Is it just, just the, the Ottawa elixir?
1: I mean, probably right. Ottawa is not good. Um, If you're following that game, let me just refresh here. It's five, three Edmonton, right? Yeah. I guess center. So, if you didn't stack that game, I mean, I guess you can go to bed by now. There's nothing else is gonna happen. Um, that kind of settles it there. But I think for Thatcher Debko, right, he, he, I think people were a little bit high on him just just because of what he did in that short time in the playoffs. Like he was exceptional, and I think he's earned it. I'll say this about Brayden Holtby, right? Like he's he's not good. He's a lot. And he's yeah, he's got a pulse, right? He's got a pulse. And if you look at face numbers, right, you see Holpe with a 317 goals against average and Thatcher Demko with a 321, right? Demko's played, I think, one extra game than Holpe has, or he's at least started one extra game. But, like, the problem for Vancouver is their defense. Like, that's ultimately their problem. Mm -hmm. And as a team in general, they're just not playing well, and that's causing puck to just find the back of the net like too much they've given up 35 goals up till now like that's that's too much man that's too much this team is just not they're not playing well they're giving up too many goals they've played 11 games so far right 11 Yeah. Okay, so the Ottawa Senators are top of the board, right? They're giving up four before tonight's game, by the way, right? They were giving up four <laughs> and a half goals. By the way, I just realized, speaking of the Edmonton Ottawa Senators, it's 5-3, and the first period just ended. So congratulations if you had the over in that one. You can go to bed early as well. Um, where was I? Yeah, Ottawa's giving up four and a half goals a game, okay? Second are the San Jose Sharks. No surprise there, right? Then you got Pittsburgh, uh, the Oilers. Detroit, St. Louis, and then Vancouver. You'll finish out the top 10 with Los Angeles, the Winnipeg Jets, surprise, and the Buffalo Sabres. So I think for, again, I think for the Vancouver Canucks, the problem is keeping the puck out of your net. They could score goals, right? They can do that. I know they've played a lot of games, but they're scoring about three and a half goals per game which is pretty good it's pretty good it's a pretty good thing for a hockey team to do that's really good only the montreal Canadiens, selfish plug here have a are scoring more (laughs) than are are the top goal scoring team in the nhl they're scoring over four goals per but again the canucks are good at scoring goals they're not good at keeping the puck out of your net so either one of two things happen either you continue this trend And hope one of your goalies stands on their heads to carry you to maybe a fourth place finish in the division or you tighten up defensively, which means you're going to start scoring fewer goals and you need players to embark on a more defensive first system. So,
0: yeah, and I don't know if that team has that. Right. Like the Canucks gave up a lot of shots last year. Like, if we look at, uh, what they did last year, uh, it wasn't, like, by no means was anyone going to be looking at this going, like, yeah, yeah, there's there's no problems to be found here.
1: Yeah, but Marshall was stopping the puck.
0: Right. And to be fair, Damco this week has stopped the puck, right? Like, three straight one-goal one games, um... I guess maybe the game against Winnipeg offers some hope. They only gave up 24 shots in that game versus the like 36 or 37 that they gave up the, the year previous. I just don't like I feel like the Vancouver Canucks are going to keep being the Vancouver Canucks. I don't think like there's any real hope here that they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we really got to start. We got to shut things down. I mean, it's I, I don't I, I don't know if it's a personnel thing that it's just or if it's just not Travis Green's style where it's like hey you know what this is what we're doing we're, we're gonna give up lots of shots um I believe the idea is that they I don't I think they try to make sure the goalie can see the shots but I mean see them or not like you give up 36 shots a game and you're giving up goals
1: yeah that's just you're giving up to you're giving up too many opportunities for the puck to go in your net and sure you shut down against Winnipeg but I mean that's it's one team. Which again is kind it's of good like a team
0: to do it against
1: it's a good team to do it about, for sure. And then the night before you gave a forty three to Ottawa, who, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like who's shooting the puck at Ottawa, right? <laughs> like yeah. I don't understand. You gave up thirty-six right, forty three to Ottawa, right? On the twenty seventh. You gave up thirty six two nights earlier. Yeah. And then four nights before that against Montreal. Now now we're going way back, right? Where they got smoked, oh, yeah. you gave a forty two there again. So like, you can't expect your goalie to do much when you're giving up 30. Like, think about it. Like, Thatcher Demko on DraftKings is hitting the 35-plus save bonus when he gives up seven goals against Montreal. Just, <laughs> yep. come on. Man. But uh, I will say this. It it definitely is encouraging to see his last three games. Yes. And I think even though, right, even though it's Ottawa, right, it's it's still good to see him stop the puck i think that's all you need from your goalie right now you need to find one who's going to stop the puck and play him and look i i wasn't hot on brandon holpe signing that deal i don't think that was the solution for vancouver i think this was a case of them not wanting to give marks from the money and term that he wanted and said okay well we'll go with brandon holpe and you know we'll see what this gives us so far it hasn't given you much but he's going to continue to get starts because You know, Demko is still trying to get into that position. But the last three games that he's played have been very
0: good. Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, I get Vancouver not wanting to give up that term. Uh, I mean, Demko is a player who has pedigree. Uh, They still have Michael DiPietro, who is who's also in the wings, who also has pedigree. And it's like, how long do we want to clog things up here for? Probably not six or seven years this, and this probably not at this at this amount of money. So of course. I mean it, I don't so I mean
1: I don't blame either party either in this one. I don't blame right. Marshall for saying, Hey, I want to get paid. He earned it. And I don't blame Vancouver for saying, look, I just don't want to give you the term and the money.
0: Yep. So I mean, here we are.
1: <laughs> here we are with Brandon Holpe giving up goals and You're giving you know, Washington to being fine and You know, Jagger (laughs) Markstrom, playing a ton in Calgary and looking really good.
0: Yep. Uh, And then the last topic here covering off the week that was, uh, I just noted, welcome to Hartford, Tony D. Um, So the Rangers waived Tony D'Angelo today. Uh, I haven't seen that he's been picked up off waivers. The expectation seems to be that he probably won't be. Uh, And the background story that I'm seeing is something to the extent of uh, he got in a fight with Alexander Georgiev following uh, their miscommunication in the overtime winner last night. uh, And then there being some altercation in the dressing room with uh, Chris Kreider. The Kreider thing is not confirmed, uh, but there were some reports that he had uh, punched D'Angelo in the face. Um, again, unconfirmed, but we'll see what happens here. I mean, D'Angelo has been very forthcoming with uh, his political views, um, and I can definitely see how. His, and his play on the ice hasn't been good. Uh, the Rangers had started; they'd they'd put him in. Uh, he'd been a healthy scratch for a few games. Um, I mean, his his playing time had seemed to be coming back around. So there was some hope that maybe he was regaining faith, but uh, getting put on waivers isn't, isn't going to gain much of that faith. So um, we'll see what happens, right? Like if he's not going to get picked up by anyone, that's really telling about the type of person that he is viewed to be. Right. Cause you know, teams like Detroit could use, could probably could easily use him. Um, just about any team that's struggling offensively could could roll the dice on a player like that. They do have to take on the contract, but um, what do you see happening here with with, with Anthony D'Angelo?
1: I mean, look, I, I this is hard for me to say, right? But I mean, I'm a big Chris Kreider fan now, if that's true, just straight <laughs> up, right? And Chris Kreider's done some things that Habs fans will never forgive, right? So, I mean, D'Angelo's off-ice stuff aside for a minute, right? Because that's just, right. that's a whole other thing to tackle, right? And his political beliefs and his, you know, outspoken Brilliant. stuff, that's that's one thing, right? But like you said, on the ice, he hasn't been really good, right? He's played six games and he's been terrible and he's got one point and what? He was a healthy scratch after, like, he didn't play game two, if I'm not mistaken. That's so. right. I'm World starting to go, right, he he played first game, was terrible, and then it was healthy scratch, right? So now you think back to that and you say, wait a minute, right? Did they really healthy scratch a player who had 53 points the previous year because he played one bad game? Or did something happen where the team said, hold on, let's let's just discipline you internally, right? Which is the same thing maybe, right? Travis Connecty was held out of the lineup, right, a couple of nights yep. ago, back in the lineup tonight not an injury thing off to a good start in the season. So you start to look back and say, okay, well maybe something happened where you said, okay, let's try to handle this internally, right? Which is fine. Every team should do it. And looking back at, as well at that Gorky incident with him, I mean, look, it's a miscommunication. Does this stuff happen? Yes. Sure. Right. Happens all of If you've played hockey at some point, miscommunicating with your goalie is one thing, right? But, the fact that he gets into a right, a disagreement with him. That's the term, right? Because Larry Brooks also wrote the story for the New York Post here. And, you know, Larry Brooks is a pretty credible, credible guy in the Rangers kind of things, right? He's gotten his feet dirty with a couple of the players as well. So right, like getting into a degree or blaming your goalie for something is the one thing that they teach you to never do. Like that's one of the golden rules, right? You never blame right. the goalie. I remember being a kid and my dad being like, hey, you never blame the goalie even when it's his fault, because he's going to bail you out a million other times before that, right? right? Like, he doesn't get a chance to be, you know, bad, right? And here's the thing for for me. I, I don't see a team taking a chance on D'Angelo. Not with, like, already with his on-ice stuff being not good, right? He's a minus six. Again, I don't care about this number, but, I mean, he's not good defensively. He's really not good and this has been something that he's, you know, had problems with being not good defensively. And if you're not good at your position, right, that's a problem. You did name some teams, right? You talked about, you know, the Detroit Red Wings maybe being a spot. I think Ottawa could probably use defensive. You have to look at teams who have cap space, right? Because yeah. he's owed, what, four point some on million dollars? For, right? His cap yeah, hits, what, four point five 8? million. Yeah, yeah so 4. he's basically owed, so his base salary this year is 4.3. He's paid actual dollars, though, 5.3 next season. So if you pick him up, well, you're on the hook for $5.3 million for a player who is questionable on the ice, right? He's had one good season and whose off-ice stuff rubs a lot of people the wrong way. And I'm sure it rubbed a lot of players in that locker room the wrong way. If you wanted – like we saw what happened with Pierre-Luc Dubois trying to not be a distraction – (laughs) <laughs> uh this like this D'Angelo stuff is getting real distracting real quick right like dave quinn yeah. has said like he's like hey like i'm just not gonna say anything right he's said i'm not saying anything and that's fine you as a coach you just stand there and defend all your players and whatnot i will say this about it and you know shout out to the people at cat friendly obviously who keep us up to date on this right so D'Angelo was not placed on unconditional waivers, so he's just placed on regular waivers, meaning that the team is not looking to terminate his contract. They're just putting him on waivers, hopefully, to try and facilitate a trade, a trade of some sort. Now, yeah. according to Section 14 okay, of the standard player contract, it does state that a club may terminate the contract right by notifying the player writtenly if he fails, neglects, or refuses to obey the club's rules governing training and con conduct and and conduct of players if such failure refusal or neglect should con- constitute a material breach of the standard player contract now right. what does that mean in non-legal terms i have no idea right this is where somebody else smarter than <laughs> me figures this out what it does say is that the team probably is going to look here and say okay well how can we get rid of this player and the stuff that comes with them? right yeah. you put them on waivers you hope somebody bites I can't imagine a team actually says yeah sure bring this guy over he sounds like a great guy to have in the locker room so somebody's he's he, i expect him to clear waivers right we'll know as of monday 12 o'clock and then the team's just gonna say hey look just stay home or try to terminate his contract or try to get out of this in some way i expect d'angelo he is represented by pat brisson so i expect D'Angelo to head to the NHLPA at some point when they try to terminate his contract. That gets into a messy battle as well. Uh the NHLPA likes to protect the wrong players, I believe. Right? Wrong players being, you know, the guys who usually, you know, are trying to overturn suspensions and whatnot. And I understand the NHLPA is there for the players, but the players who use that a lot are the ones who are usually dancing in some hot water. And D'Angelo, again, is no exception to that he's definitely dancing on hot water here but i i mean what team wants this player like what team yeah. actually somebody tweeted and says oh somebody's gonna claim him i'm like who like who who looks at him and says man this guy is the type of player i want around my young players right like Think of the Rangers for a second, right? You have Lafreniere, you have Kako. You got a whole bunch of good young players. Gorgiev, Shosturkin. Do you really want this player surrounding them?
0: Exactly. And that's, I mean, that's exactly why you're not going to see Ottawa or Detroit pick him up. Of course not. If any team is going to claim him on waivers, it's going to have to be a team that has a strong dressing room. Uh, I mean, I guess, like, maybe Pittsburgh could. Like I, I can't imagine he's gonna walk in into, you know, if you don't have respect for like for Crosby at this point in time, like you're you're just gonna get waved again.
1: Sure, but and even if you do take fair. Pittsburgh, right? Like Pittsburgh's yeah. got what? I'm but, looking at, again. Cap Friendly is doing a really good job here, keeping me up to date here. But if I'm looking at their projected cap space, they're what? Like they they yeah, got about two hundred thousand. Yeah. Florida, are you really suppose... going to move money out to acquire this player who brings that baggage with him?
0: Well, you got to imagine the Rangers are going to be willing to eat some salary though. Right. Like, sure. You want rid of them. You'll be like, yeah, sure. We'll eat like 4 million of this. We'll get you through this year. You, you take care of it next year. Um, but we'll, but I mean,
1: again, you still got to like, you still got to bite that. You, you still got to bring in a player. Who is a problem? Like, yeah, just flat out. Again, regardless of whether you support his beliefs or what, like, that's that's neither here nor there, right? My stance has always been your political and your religious beliefs are yours. We can disagree on them, and that is fine. That's fine by me. But it's to the point now where it's putting – like, it's putting his career in a really tight situation now. Because the Rangers are just flat like think about it. You're a fifty three point player and the teams just saying, Hey, I just like we, we just want to get rid of you, bud. Like we we won't even try to facilitate a trade. We just want you to get your stuff and get out of here. Yeah. Right? And it was kind of like Gorgiev also was not at practice today. He was having a quote unquote maintenance day, which I guess falls very right. Kind yeah. of falls into that situation where you're like, Nice, could have had a maintenance day tomorrow, but today would be a good day. Let's you know, for us to not talk sure. about it. But yeah. I again for D'Angelo, this is a situation where if I'm the Rangers, I want to get as far away from this player as humanly possible. I want to remove him from the organization, from any contact I have with players. I don't want him around the team. I don't want him because yeah, there's 100%. just there's too much light surrounding him.
0: Yeah, you. yeah. I mean, as it is, you're you play for the New York Rangers. There was all kinds of light surrounding you as Correct. it was. And the
1: Rangers, as of today, sit dead, sit last in the East Division, by the way. So they don't need, like, think about that. They're last, and DeAndal's on the door going out, who can definitely help them. So that says a lot about him and what the team feels about him, because they are, like, they are, they're way out here, right? They got two regulation wins in eight games. They're struggling. They're not doing well. They're not playing well. And like things need to change in a like quickly and they need to get better in a hurry before it's too late. And D'Angelo is, I don't know, sitting in his penthouse (laughs) in New York somewhere tweeting from his burner account going protect Tony D'Angelo.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if there's a lesson here. It's just. (laughs) There's like his agent at some point I'm sure has pled with him like Tony please just get off get off Twitter right like because at, at this point it wouldn't be hard to speculate for the Rangers to be able to say like well look at all of this contract that's detriment, or all this conduct that's detrimental to the team right certainly there you could plausibly say that there's probably enough things out there you could say Hey, like I don't think like he has crossed this boundary, and I think we can terminate this with cause yeah. if we need to. Because and even getting
1: time- into a skirmish with your teammates, like again, it's hockey. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> have I ever gone into That's- a fight with my teammate? Yeah, I have. They're yeah. like family to you, right? Yeah. Like that, it's fine. I once saw PK Subban fight two different Habs players in one season. One being Thomas Placanitz and is pulse. Never went over 70. <laughs> so, like, that to me is the thing. I'm sitting here going, okay, you get into an altercation with a player, yeah, fine. But, I, A, yeah. it's a goalie. B, from what I understand, you're criticizing him, which, by the way, Tony, you, you, know, like, you haven't been doing your part either. And, C, he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt at this point, right? Like, he's, he's kind of like Tom Wilson when Tom Wilson does one of his things, right? Like, you don't give him the benefit of the doubt <laughs> anymore. Like, right. it's Tom. You've probably earned it. In this case, when Tony, when somebody says that, you know, D'Angelo did something, well, you're sitting there going, yeah, sounds yeah, like something that. he'd probably do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Uh, we'll, He's we'll not a happen. distraction, right? Yeah. I mean, the other thing is, I don't think the Rangers are like, are going to care if it's like, welcome to the AHL. We'll never see you again. Right, like I, we'll pay your nine million dollars to sit down here and not bother us in in New York. Um, we're okay with that. We, we're the Rangers. We got the money. Do you think
1: he reports to the AHL if he's sent down?
0: Well, does he have another option? Because I think that's the same conduct that gets you. Like that's probably the training portion of the of, of the uh, the clause that would get your contract terminated. I don't know. Maybe the KHL. Oh, man. Maybe. I mean, maybe. I don't... I'm really trying to stay away from making a political joke right here.
1: I was, um, I, I. I mean, if it makes you yeah, feel better, maybe. I was thinking it already. So that that feels better. <laughs> but yeah, that, I mean, again, that's... Like, even if they did send him down to DHL, do you think he reports? No. It, yeah. I, I wouldn't want him, as a team, if that's what you're trying to do, send him to DHL. well Like, I'm hoping he doesn't report. Because you can't keep him on the taxi squad right cuz he's still around yeah. the
0: I I guess the thing is is like you'll find out what we'll know truly what kind of person he is and how much he wants to play in the NHL right like if he wants to play ball and he wants to he really wants to be in the NHL he'll report because he knows it's what he has to do and he he knows that you know you know he's just came off a 53 point season if he can get through a year uh, if he can make it to next year into the off season with being quiet nobody hearing his name and him like ripping up the AHL somebody will give him a chance there's going to be some team next year who's going to go well we can throw a million and a half at this guy see if he can improve our power play and you know roll the dice here we can like his agent is going to absolutely be begging him just to be like, look, you don't really want to go like you. You really just don't want to go to the KHL. This isn't this isn't what you want to do. Like if he goes to the KHL, he's probably not coming back. Um, I mean, maybe that's going to be his choice. Who knows? But it's just. Yeah, you got to. I mean. Rightly or wrongly, I would like to think no one is that terrible of a person that, like, hopefully he can, like, see this and go, huh, you know what, if I really want to play in the NHL, which I certainly have the talent to do, um, I guess maybe I need to start looking in the mirror a little bit and making some changes, but,
1: you know it doesn't uh happen. hasn't done that so far yet right and i mean we know with DeAngelo. this isn't like this isn't new to him right this is not just a one-time thing that he's done right he's had his issues when he's playing in the ohl with sarnia so i i i'm of the same theory as you right like i would like him to kind of just you know look at himself in the mirror quickly and say hey is this the route i want to take it, not even just for his nhl career but just in life in general like do you want to be run out of the league at age 25 when you're just hitting your prime? Yeah. Right? Like, is 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 that where you want to go with it? Or again, you can have your political beliefs and, yeah, and no one's taking
0: that away from me. No one's and taking that not away from the you, reason why this is. happening. no.
1: no that, like I said, maybe that rubs people on the team the wrong way. But I mean, you don't have to love your coworkers, right? You don't have to. You have to respect them right you got to show respect to them and whatnot but again i feel like there's some stuff that's probably been going on that we don't even know about yet and it's like it's starting to unfold and we're gonna like the more you keep digging the more you keep scratching at something right you're probably gonna find something and i think this altercation with gorgiev is not like it's probably not the first thing that he's done with the team's trying to say hey like we tried and you just didn't want to play you didn't want to change. You didn't want to be part of anything. So now we're just going to terminate your contract and that's it.
0: Yeah. Yep. And he'll only have himself to blame, right? At the end of the day, like the Rangers took it as far as they could. I mean, you got to imagine the Rangers don't want to take him off the ice right now. Like he had, he played 20 minutes a night the last three nights.
1: Yeah, and they, it's needs, like this team needs
0: him. Yeah. They need <laughs> They him. need like, him. Man. Like they can't afford
1: to be down like a defenseman a defenseman like i said who's coming off 50 points like yeah. sure like the rangers have some good defensemen on that team right i mean adam fox is pretty good them. right right lindgren's all right yeah right? i mean condre um, miller's getting better jacob truba is breathing so like <laughs> i mean there's some like their defense is not bad. I understand it's a young defense and it's growing and it's learning and stuff, and Truba's breathing, but there's, you know, it's not, they need him to be part of it and they need to play better defensively and they need to get things going. So, not having, like, I think everybody wants to see him in the lineup. I'm a Tony D'Angelo owner. I own him in a fantasy league. I hated the pick. I think I said it on one of our previous podcasts too that I hated it. And I've hated it for the six games that he's played. And I hate it even more now because I'm like, I'm literally looking at him in my lineup going, okay, now what? (laughs) I can't trade him and he's taken up a spot. So,
0: well, now he's just a drop. He's an easy (laughs) drop.
1: As of, as of 3am Monday, like he's, he's not on my team anymore. So, but that's kind of the position that like, it's a wasted pick for me, right? I'm going to go back. At one point, and look at the draft where what round I took him, see all the other players who were available, and go, Hmm, okay, that, that, well, I'll, I'll, I'll cross that round off as, <laughs> as a complete loss. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, it happens, right? Like, players like that, it just happens. You're never, you, you can't avoid it because you have to, like, the situation was is good. I mean, the real question here is you're dropping Tony D'Angelo, right? No doubt everyone should be dropping Tony D'Angelo. Uh, who are you going to get? Like, who are you replacing him with on your roster? I mean, uh, you have Ty Smith, who is, I think, available, still pretty available in a lot of leagues uh, because a lot of people shy away from his minutes because uh, he's only playing under, like, on average under 17 a game, which isn't something that really meshes up with eight points in nine games, but he has top power play. Um, like, I'm going down this list here of the points, at least. It's like, you can go out and get some Justin Schultz, see how long that lasts for. Uh, Rasmus Uh I mean, I guess the other one's Samuel Gerrard. Uh, he's never going to have top power play, but he's got eight points in nine games as well. So, it's like... Here's just
1: some here's just some fun facts, okay? I'll keep this short. So I drafted D'Angelo in the ninth round of my 12-team league here, okay? Yeah. Uh, players that went after him, just in the same position as him. Not, I'm not even gonna track like the fact that Barzal <laughs> went in round 10, right? And I could have owned him or. You know, yeah. Jack Hughes in round 12. Like, I'm not even going to go through the like, Kevin Fiala. Like, I'm not not even wingers, okay? Just players yeah. in the same position that went after him, right? So Tyson Berry went later in the ninth round, okay? Adam Fox went in the 10th round of my draft here. Thomas Shabbat, John Klingberg, Aaron Ekblad, right? Ryan yeah. Pollock, Darnell Nurse. Like, I'm going deep. Now I'm like, now I'm four rounds back, Right and like Mark Giordano again. Are all these players better than him? No. But now I'm looking back, going, wow, I could have had Thomas Shabbat who is playing a bunch and is on a terrible team, is going to see power play time and doing all that Shabbata. I could have waited a couple of picks and I get Adam Fox and I get the same kind of production, I guess, minus all the off eyes baggage and you know getting into getting his face punched in by a teammate. Again, we don't know if it's true, but. Again, I, if it does come out that Kreider did do it, I'm gonna go buy a Chris Kreider jersey or a T-shirt. Maybe. I won't <laughs> spend up for a jersey, yeah. They're expensive. Maybe just a Chris Kreider T-shirt, and I'll keep it and remember that time. But yeah, I don't like I don't know who I'm gonna drop. Like I know I'm gonna drop him. I just don't know how to replace him because most like, depending on how deep your league is, right? Like the options are not the options are not great,
0: but I'll give you a speculative ad. You you tell me what you think, depending on format. Keandre Miller is already playing 20 minutes a night. He has uh, four points so far, four points in nine games, not the worst for a defenseman. Uh, He gives you some hits. He gives you some blocks. Uh, His minutes are going to have to go up, right? It's more or less trial by fire. And as things get worse for the Rangers, I imagine his minutes are going to keep going up. I wonder if there is not. I mean, he's again, not going to see, I don't think he's going to see top power play time. Crazier things have happened. I think they're probably going to let Fox run with that for now. Um, but I wonder if there's maybe not some like super low owned juice to squeeze out of uh keandre miller
1: okay i just i just dropped okay so live live on the podcast i just dropped him for Keandre country miller and we'll see how this works out
0: all right blame me if it doesn't if it
1: everyone. doesn't work exactly i'll blame you andrew it'll be your fault not tony's fault right not that's right none of this is his fault Right, that's my. This is how we're team,
0: different. Is I'm taking it, the ownership.
1: Yeah, like it's not Tony's fault that my fantasy team is o nine and one after one week. Not his fault. It's <laughs> somebody else's fault. Clearly, that's somebody right. else.
0: All right, uh, let's get into next week. Um, I didn't. I, I looked through the matchups. We got some boring matchups next week. We've got like the California teams finally facing off. Um, so if anyone wants to watch, you know, San Jose and Anaheim, LA and Anaheim, you're welcome to watch those games. I'm not going to, um, we get, can we still call this the revenge games with Vancouver and Montreal? Like I wrote in the playbook earlier in the week, I was like, I think we still got to play Tyler Toffoli just to validate whether the heat check on this. And I think he scored in that game. So I think if you're looking at uh, Vancouver Montreal, you probably got to look at Tyler Toffoli again next week.
1: Yeah, he's... Uh, I mean, he's got six goals, right? He has as many as Austin Matthews and Leon Dreisaito before tonight's game. Um, right? He's up there with Pacharetti as well. So, yeah. I mean, I guess you got to play Tyler Toffoli. Tyler Toffoli... Might go off again. Maybe he just wants to play <laughs> Vancouver a lot, a lot. And again, we spoke about Vancouver's defensive issues, right? Yeah. I don't think they're getting better. Um, Montreal scoring four-plus goals per game, so...
0: And they yeah. have last change, so it should.
1: And they have last change. Of- yes, Vancouver is coming east this time. So, yeah, I... I would be all uh, I'd, I'd be all in on Tifoli. I'm assuming Tefoli's price tag is going to drop on DraftKings too, just because I don't know magic. Yeah, it's, it just makes no sense, but it's going to be like that. Yeah. I'll uh, also say this though: I'll give Brock Besser a kind of shout out here. He leads the league in goals again before this yeah. Edmonton-Ottawa uh, game ends. That might change, but he's got eight goals in 11 games. He's got 11 points in the same amount of games. I think a lot of people kind of just yes to Foley left and Brock Besser was kind of that player who they thought maybe he'd be traded out and whatnot. He's come up big here to start the season. He's not really racking up assists, but if he continues to pop goals, I think that Vancouver can actually live with that.
0: Yeah, hundred um, percent. They've also shuffled him up and down the lineup a little bit. He spent some time with Pedersen. He spent some time with Horvat. Uh, I mean, Pedersen's really yet to get it going. Uh, he's starting to show some signs of life. Uh, I would be, I will probably be jumping on him, jumping back on him again early this week, to see how that plays out in DFS contests. Because, I mean, Pedersen's just way too good to, to have this little goal out, like this little point output. Um, and I think you're going to see like Horvat. Offer the inverse where like he's playing above his head and things will come back down, um, but yeah, I mean the bottom six like like Tyler Mon is a top is top ten in the in points in the NHL right now. I That's, is that a typo? It
1: should I be a typo. I don't know, man. It's not, look, some some things just happen. Right, well, in the NHL, sample
0: size. Sample, sample size.
1: Sample time. size is king, right?
0: Right. Ottawa, the Ottawa Senators happened. We're going to have to, like, at some point, like, I, I think next year in the offseason, when I start like, digging back through player performance, you're going to have what's called points minus O. And the O's not overtime. It's Ottawa. You got to just subtract what happened against Ottawa out of what happened in the Canadian division. Look at look at players, the rest of it. Um Speaking I mean,
1: of speaking of points here and everything, um, shout out to Anze Kopitar who leads the league in assists. I was told he was going to be dead this off like this upcoming season that he was going to fade and just you know that was it for him being elite. Uh, he's got 11 assists in eight games, only one goal, 12 points, but leads the league in assists on a very terrible LA Kings team. So good for him.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you drafted Kopitar.
1: I did. That's trade the him. only reason I'm talking trade about him. it.
0: Trade I have him right to now.
1: No way wait. I have to wait to see if Keandre Miller gives me enough value so I can start moving centermen out of my team, so I can replace Keandre Miller with a better option from somebody else.
0: <laughs> yeah, because uh, no discredit to, to Anze Kopitar. Um, but this pace will not continue. Head. You don't think so? Well, I don't know. Have you seen who he plays with?
1: I don't. I don't care who he plays with. He's played with Dustin Brown, and he's an anchor. Well, it, so. It's
0: hard. It's hard to keep getting assists when you don't play. Okay, but
1: wait a minute. Wait a minute. Do you also see the division that he plays in?
0: Yes. Okay.
1: So sure. he gets to face uh, Vili Huso. I'll stop bashing uh, Jordan Binnington just for tonight <laughs> because he's actually been okay, minus the one night that I played him in DFS. So I'll give him a moment um you know the minnesota wild gave up a couple of goals so i'll stop referring to them defensively as elite um but the ducks are absolutely terrible the coyotes are terrible the sharks are last in their division so that kind of says all that needs to said um i i could see him having a very strong season just because that division is so like he put up points against colorado as well so stuff is happening here with him he's he's what he's fifth in the league in points Tied with Nathan McKinnon again before tonight's game and James Van Reemstijk
0: again. Sample size, it's, I mean, I mean, what you can note about Anaheim is, I mean, they have only given up somehow 15 goals in nine games. That seems crazy.
1: It's called uh, the John Gibson
0: effect. Yeah, he'll get worn out eventually, and that's that's a real problem for them. Uh, I think Arizona's a little bit better than than they're playing. I mean, they're three, four, and one. They've scored twenty goals, given up twenty-two. Uh, I mean, theoretically, I suppose they, like Arizona could be the fourth best team in that in that division. Uh, it's probably Minnesota though. Um, we we don't need to talk about San Jose. They're just that team is in the next. If they're not the worst team in the league now. They will be the worst team in the league, and like by like three years from now, because of all of the terrible contracts that are unmovable that they have. Uh, are you talking with, about the
1: Eric Carlson contract,
0: the Brent Burns contract, oh, Eric, okay, Eric Carlson contract, the Mark Andre or Mark Edward Vlasic contract? Um, uh, yes, yeah, There's a bunch there. Like they will be hampered for years to come, um, without there being. Something that causes that allows for like a, a cap compliance buyout, something like that happening. Uh, and they also have no farm system. There's not a single player in, in that team's farm system that is that is exciting. How does this happen? Uh, you trade away first round picks. The San Jose Sharks should have picked third overall last year, they didn't. Um, so yeah, think uh, my apologies to any San Jose Sharks they're going to get better. <laughs> There's not many left. Um, but yeah, I mean I I think we're going to next year next off season is going to be really wacky. Like just when we try to have to like break down like who's actually good, who wasn't actually good. It's going to be really hard to tell at times because teams only play their, inside their division like you're going to see players outperform you're going to see players underperform just based on like again division this
1: stat means absolutely nothing but Eric Carlson is a minus 8 he has 3 points in 8 games they're all assists
0: yeah and he makes eleven million dollars a year. He's got twelve shots on the season as well. <laughs> and he's going to for the next six years. Uh, oh. Yeah. Uh games that'll be more fun to watch. Carolina at Chicago. That should be interesting, right? Uh Peter Morazic allegedly is the best goalie in the league so far this year. That's that's what the numbers say. That's not an I
1: actual. I played state. him Saturday in DFS. And he hurt his wrist like 35 <laughs> seconds into the game. Yeah. And that's what, like my lineup was dead 15 minutes into Saturday, which I think mine, is a record.
0: Mine was dead before that because I didn't check goalie lock and I played Halak because I thought he was getting the start for Boston.
1: That's, that was still, that was still a better start than yeah. Peter Morozik.
0: Yeah. Uh, but I mean, while Chicago is terrible, uh, they can score some goals. So well it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, it could be 8 nothing Carolina. That wouldn't surprise me. Uh, although Chicago beat Columbus tonight, that really surprised me. Uh, that was my pick of the night on wager alarm. I thought I didn't think Columbus would have any problems with Chicago. Uh, but they did. And Carolina, uh, so we'll see what Carolina does. Uh, and then Edmonton and Ottawa. I mean, we're going to have, I guess we're going to have the barn burners we thought we were going to get when Edmonton played Toronto. It's just going to happen a little bit further to the east. If you're keeping Uh, track,
1: okay, this, so this game is now 7-3 Edmonton. McDavid has five points. Leon Dreisaitl has five points.
0: Yeah.
1: James Neal, the ageless James Neal has two goals. One being a power play (sighs) one.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, it's it's just one of those things where like you can't, you can't get around it anymore. Either you play McDavid or you play dry and like, so I'm... McDavid in this, what is this? This is, so I was playing the daily dollar here, the single entry on the, on the DK. Yeah. Uh, Cause that's the only GPP that I'll play. And that's the only one I've ever hit. Right. So that's the only one I'll continue to play. Really um, is. Big David has a goal, he's four shots on goal, four assists, one block shots, the 1 3 block plus shot. point bonus. He's at 38.8 fantasy points, right? They still have about uh a, there's about 5 minutes left in the second period here to play. He's already at 38 fantasy points. He's 56% owned in that
0: GP. in a GPP,
1: in a GPP. So, I'm looking at this this lineup. Shout out to this dude here, um, A A Y L S G. I'm assuming that's an acronym for something, but uh, so he has McDavid, Drysaitl, and Nugent Hopkins in his lineup. Well done. Um, he also has James Neal. Well done there. Uh, Nick Paul. He has Mike Riley in there, so he was really dumpster, you know, dumpster searching here. Uh, Ryan Pollock, right? He got something out of him. Chris Drager, obviously, and Colin what? So he stacked the late game. Yeah, He's got some low ownership a little bit here with the Ottawa, which I don't think Ottawa was a terrible play tonight either. I think they were okay. And uh, his three superstars are going to lead him to some money.
0: Yeah, I looked at the GPP I played last night, um, and the winner was like, was very random. It was like they played, they managed to get um, McDavid, uh, do I have my, my slates correct here? I might have to actually read, look at
1: this, this but other I... lineup. So, the guy who's third right now in this one has Dreisidel, McKinnon, and McDavid in his lineup. Yeah. He has three players at 8K over and then just went dumpster diving for the rest. James <laughs> Neal, yeah. Dominic Cahoon, Anthony Mantha. Shout out to $3,600 Anthony Mantha. Tyson Barry, Jared Spurgeon, Anton Hudobin.
0: But I think like that is how you need to be building your lineups on DK right now because they are discounting good players. You should like in GPPs you should be going out and just start with the three best players in on the night yeah. and just no roll the correlation on the needed
1: rest. whatsoever. Just yeah, is McDavid alive? Yes. Is Dryside alive?
0: Yeah. Perfect. Well, you have some correlation there because of the power play at least, but like yeah, the rest of it's just like.
1: I'm pretty sure McDavid's looking for Dreisaitl when he's on the bench to pass him yeah. the puck. Did you see the goal he scored uh, Saturday against the Leafs? Obviously, you no, didn't. didn't. No, I didn't. No, you didn't? Okay. It was, I mean, it, it was a highlight reel. He takes the puck in his own zone, skates through five to f- five players, and then tucks it in. And you're just sitting there going, you're like, McDavid's too good for the NHL, right? Like, he's like, again, I've said this, he's, he's like the yeah. kid who's just... Had a growth spurt at, like, seven, and now he's just towering over his other peers at the same <laughs> level, just doing anything he wants. He took the puck from one end, skated through everybody, and just buried it. And I'm sitting there going, like, he's too good for the best league in the world, and he's making NHL players, who are the best at what they do, right, with the exception of Martin Jones, like, he's making them look bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Tuesday's slate right now, and I can tell you, if it was available, I, I would start cooking up, figuring out how I can get McDaniel, Nick David, McKinnon, and Dreisaitl in, in the same lineup.
1: Go because, back to go back to Sunday's slate and just go over the winner of a lineup well, and follow yeah. whatever strategy was there, because yeah. that seems to be working.
0: Because, like, Sabres at the Islanders, probably not going to be really high-scoring. No. Devils at the Penguins probably not going to be super high scoring stars and blue jackets canucks canadians you could contrarian that hurricanes of blackhawks i mean the hurricanes could score seven here that one's going to be tough coyotes and blues who knows st louis this
1: over. this like, pace for mcdavid though do you think he could seriously hit 100 points this year sure because yeah. he's on pace right i mean he's well, not going to get five points every game but this he's going to play Ottawa enough, right? This and is Ottawa the added three points
0: that I tell people every year when they say who should go first overall. And I always say McDavid, I say, well, but it's a, but it's a, but it's a categories league and we have hits and blocks. And I say, well, you should go McDavid. <laughs> and they go, well, what, but why? I was like, well, because there's not a single other player in the league that is capable of like in a normal year where you could say they could hit 200 points, right? It, things go right mcdavid could hit 200 points in a regular season in an 82 game season because he's that good right if he stays healthy uh if if edmonton doesn't just completely collapse around him he can do it 100 56 games i he if i told you even if like in 56
1: games assuming he stays healthy right
0: yeah that's like right now 90 80 (sighs) if I, if I had to get you to bet on it, like
1: <laughs> if somebody gave me like if somebody set the bar, let's say 85 points and said, hey, McDavid over under 85, I'd say over because at this pace. Right. Like he's but again before tonight's game that he already has. Let me just make sure he hasn't added another one here just in the time that we keep going. No, nope, still seven three. OK, so in the time Like, before entering tonight, he had 17 points in 10 games. So, he's averaging 1.7 points per game. Okay? So, in a 56-game schedule, right? Yep. He's already at 95 points if he continues this trend. That's 95 points in a 56-game season. So, so he's giving me 80, 85 points, and you say he's going to hit the over? Yeah. Because he gets to play Ottawa, like, another eight times.
0: Yeah. And – if you factor in tonight's points right he's now on a 117 point pace yeah so like you would set the bar at, I would guess 90 and it'd say hey over under 90 points right like uh, you you could make the case for under maybe he gets hurt but you could easily make the case for over and say you know Ottawa can't keep the puck out of their net Toronto can't keep the puck out of their net. Vancouver can't keep the puck out of their net. Right? Like, just those those alone. You're like, yeah, all right. I mean, Calgary's been okay, but not very good. Montreal's, you know, hasn't necessarily had any real issues that way. I mean, Price and Allen have been fine. And, you know, you're also going to probably get some backs back to backs with Winnipeg and see a backup goalie there. I mean, you're going to see that with the other teams as well, right? So I don't know. I, I definitely think 100 points is in the cards. I
1: think it's I I think it's more than just in there. Let's say let's go again. So let's say he puts out what well, now? He's got what 20 before, again, before tonight's game even ends. He's got 22 points <laughs> in 11, 11 games. So he's got yeah. two points. He's flat two points per game here. Okay, again, assuming he can hold this, which is not impossible because looking at his drafting schedule, the last 10, putting up two points seems to be easy for him. It's a 112 point pace. For a player who, again, it's not like we're not saying it's even like I'm not even sitting here thinking long enough and saying, okay, well, can he hit 80? Like I'm sitting here looking at 100 going, yeah, (laughs) yeah, actually, because he's just like he's he's tearing apart he's tearing apart this canadian division which defense has not been like if you wanted to showcase defense yeah. um, you wouldn't take many games from this north division and say hey this is how you play good defense right, right. but it's so it's so wide open there's you know it just seems like it's flat out open hockey and it's going up one way, it's going the other way. Defense seems to be optional. I know again, I know for Ottawa, like it's it's different, right? It's very, very different for I mean, Marcus Holberg started and he got lit up. Yeah. Okay. And then Matt Murray came in. He's faced nine shots, he's given up three goals. So And like, the thing
0: to note here is are they in the third yet?
1: they have not entered the third <laughs> period yet they're it's just like, they ju- edmonton just
0: scored another one
1: they it's 8-3 yeah, for three. edmonton they're just finishing the second
0: period i looked at this and thought that's a typo like the internet oh. must not be refreshing properly oh no no that that's accurate it's it's 8 to 3 and they haven't played the third period yet
1: rice idle has 6 points he has six assists Yeah, like it's it's just video games number. These two are just on a whole other level. I know we've gone left here, but like imagine being this. Imagine having these two like these aren't even elite players. They're God level. Like it doesn't matter when people are like, oh, yeah, but who should I pick between? Like, it doesn't matter. Try to fit them in.
0: Yeah, get them both in. Start
1: there. You have no choice later. You Mm -hmm. have no choice. I'm getting absolutely slayed slayed over on super draft i'm getting slayed over on draft like i'm getting slayed over on super draft where i talk all the time about not playing the player who has a one x multiplier and i'm looking at the guy at the top board going okay well this guy apparently figured it out because you know he's got dry sidle in there and dry is just you know packing points left right and center here and it's not really making a difference
0: yep well because when you get five the multiplier doesn't matter anymore
1: I mean, it doesn't. I, the problem is, is you're looking at these players saying, "Okay, but like it's so hard for them to put up a big score, right? You need yeah. the multiplier to help you get there." And I'm looking at McDavid going, "Well, actually, you don't. You don't yeah. need it because he can do it all by himself." And the same thing with, the same thing with it, it, it's Like it, these guys, these players can finish with multiple points a night, and they make it look. They just make it look easy. Yep. It's just, it's a whole other level. I would love to see Edmonton be a competitive hockey team, but the way they're built, they're built (laughs) between two players. They're built between two players. I don't even know who is starting for them. Stuart Skinner. I had to, I literally had to pull out a hockey DB just to see who is Stuart (laughs) Skinner. Like, And I still don't know who he is, but I'm sure he's a really nice kid who has playing, who's playing his first, you know, NHL game of his career. But I just, yeah, I don't know.
0: Well, uh, we should get out of here. Yeah the Minnesota wild have gone ahead and crushed my betting dreams for the night and they beat uh, Colorado in overtime. Uh, That's so.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey, if we leave I... now, we can still catch the third period of a game That's that was right. supposed to end like probably a half hour
0: ago. <laughs> that probably should have ended right around now. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyways, we'll catch everybody again next week. Uh, sorry, John, for going uh, slightly over our time again. Um, but uh, good luck, everyone, this week, and we'll we'll catch you in the chat.